Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we educate and inspire people to live fuller lives through mindful practices. Let's get started with your host, New York Times contributor, leadership advisor, sought-after keynote speaker, the author of the Amazon hot new release, Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. She's smart, strong, sassy, and a trendsetter in the field of mindful leadership. Your host, Holly Duckworth. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we get to talk to speakers, leaders, researchers, friends and family, people in all walks of life who are choosing to live mindfully. And on today's show, I am bringing to you a dear friend in the speaking industry, a colleague, my friend Jean-Marie DiGiovanna, the President, founder, CEO of Workshop University. She is an internationally known keynote speaker and author and most known for her dynamic presentations, both in person and can transfer that same dynamicism to online and e-learning programs, which is not easy to do. Thank you, Jean-Marie, for saying yes to coming on the show. I'm happy to be here. Thanks. Well, we are so grateful to have you on. We're going to be talking about a really fun topic that the audience knows is near and dear to my heart. And I haven't found anybody who has the same passion for it like you do, which is the power of utilizing a question to grow in leadership. So we're going to throw out some questions to you, the queen of questions. And then this after, in the second part of the show, we're going to talk about some of those tools and resources that you have for people to grow as leaders through the power of a question. So we like to start the show with the same question for everyone. What does mindfulness mean to you? Yeah, great question. Mindfulness to me means awareness. You know, when I really thought about like, what is it to be mindful? It's becoming completely aware, aware of how I'm being in the moment, how I'm acting, how I'm relating to the world and how I'm relating to others. Well, the more shows I do, we, we seem to be, be going from a really broad definition to that. And I'm excited because I think there's going to be a power in the transformation in you know, 2020 and beyond as more of us galvanize around this idea of the importance of awareness in a 24-7 world that is trying to get us off balance a little bit. So I'm curious. Um, you are a, a, a nomadic lifestyle person. You get to live in a bunch of cool countries, both in the U.S. and around the world. Do you have a daily mindfulness practice? Well, um, I, so here's the thing. I would say I had a daily practice, but that has shifted over time. And, you know, it's not like, it's not because I don't want to practice it daily, but I noticed that it may not feel like I, it calls to me that day, so I might do it differently. So for example, I was a pretty avid meditator. Um, every morning I would meditate and I just do a quick, um, listen to a quick morning visualization and then just be in meditation. And that was great. It totally 
you know, kickstarted my day. And then over time, what I started noticing is I would do the meditation and then I, my mind would go in other places and I'd be trying to force myself to stay. And I thought, you know what? Maybe it just means I need to do a different way of meditating. And so I kind of switch it up. Sometimes I actually go for a walk and that is my meditation. Sometimes I'll go for a bike ride or a hike or just be out in nature. So the main thing for me is the practice is quieting my mind. And that could be simply breathing. It could be sitting in meditation, even just for like three minutes to get grounded again. And being in nature is huge for me. So that is a huge grounding because I don't know if it's because I'm an earth sign or what, but anytime I'm on grass near trees in nature, I completely get grounded. So that's important to me. Well, thank you so much for that authentic answer. I think that that's one of the hurdles that sometimes people who are new or just starting out on a, a mindfulness journey kind of wrestle with is, you know, do I have to sit on a yoga mat or in a meditation pillow 15 to 20 minutes a day? And so it's always inspiring, you know, for me and for those of us listening to the show to know you can shake it up. You can try something different or new. And, you know, that concept, um, Deepak Chopra calls that earthing. And it's actually scientifically proven that when your body, your energy touches the earth, your earth, the earth actually chemically changes us. So I totally understand the power of that. And I wish we could do it more. But so many of us live in cement cities now. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I'm not a, I love going into a city, but I'm not a city girl. And so if I'm not surrounding myself with nature, I actually feel it in my body and I've got to get there. Um, so, you know, some people love that city, but too much cement is uh, a little too much for me. Well, you just said a, a powerful concept there that I think also relates to mindfulness. And that's the idea of feel it in your body, you know, that it's not only the awareness from our brain, but can we pause enough to feel what's going on? And I, you know, I interview a lot of busy executives on the show. You're a busy keynote speaker and you've got a lot of pieces going on that sometimes that daily mindfulness practice can remind us to listen to that wisdom of our own body. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I will say is that I've gotten better at, and this is over time, it wasn't an instant thing, is noticing when I'm triggered or noticing when I'm out of balance. Because to me, it's like balance is a process. It's not a place to get to. And in any given moment, I'm either in balance or in alignment or I'm out of balance or out of alignment. So, What's really, I feel like I'm honing in more and more, and this happens much more quickly, is I notice I'm not grounded or I'm not in alignment. And then I can stop in that moment and literally say, what do I need? You know, sometimes it's just asking a question like, what do I need most now? And, and then the answer comes in or it's just simply like, it's all fine. Like, chill out, you know? So it's stopping to ask the questions so you get the answers you need in that moment. 
Oh, I just love that. And as the show has continued to grow and evolve, um, often right before the break, we ask the expert, what's a, what's a question that maybe they take into their meditation or their experience? And you just, just gave us a really great one. What do I need most now? So I'm going to just take a short break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit more about how you utilize your mindfulness practice in your business and all the great new products and services that you have coming up. The Everyday Mindfulness Show is brought to you by Leadership Solutions International. Are you hosting an upcoming conference or convention? Or looking for a speaker to provide inspiration and motivation? Would you like your audiences to know what you know as a listener of the Everyday Mindfulness Show? Check out Leadership Solutions International for more on mindful leadership keynote offerings, on-site mindfulness information centers, and trainings. Welcome back to the Everyday Mindfulness Show. I hope you had a moment to think about what is it that you need most now? As a expert in, in mindfulness and mindful practices, I have learned over the years that the power of a question opens us up to the connection of ourself with ourself and deeper connections with family and our teams and the people that we lead. And on the show today, we have a keynote speaker, expert, author, and my dear friend, Jean-Marie DiGiovanna, who has a new program um, that helps us to explore the power of leading from the question. Again, thanks for being on the show, Jean-Marie. So I want to ask you another question, which is, how do you use your grounding practices, sometimes your quiet time, the, the variety of the practices that you do to inform your work and personal life? Yeah, so um, one of the things I would, I relate mindfulness to is intuition. And when I'm tapping into my intuition, to me, that's being mindful. Um, because often, I mean, I do believe everyone has intuition. How many of us are actually stopping to listen to it and to follow it is a different, a, a different ball game altogether. So one of the ways that I use or that I, that I bring mindfulness into my business is in my coaching practice. So um, what I love about coaching, and I know this may sound funny, but I am completely present to the person I'm with. And it's almost relieving. It's like I can just be completely focused on them in that one hour. I don't have to think about my life, my business anything that's going on. And to me, that's being completely mindful. It's like my attention over there, always over there. And my listening is completely open with no agenda. So I bring mindfulness into my practice when I'm coaching. I also, um, I would say encourage or empower others to stop more. Um, when, you know, when I, we talked earlier about this tool of you know, stop talking, start asking. When we actually stop our talking and, and take a step back and think about what questions, how can we get more curious in that situation? It automatically opens up something new. So that's, so, you know, my, my, I speak on leadership and innovation and one of the biggest tools I use in that is the power of questions. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, that, that old quote, the definition of insanity is doing what we've always done and expecting different answers. Uh, you know, this world today is requiring us to solve new problems. And I believe that invites us to a deeper level of questioning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
And, you know, one of the things I will say is that not everyone knows how to ask powerful questions. It's not a, I would say it's a skill that you can master for sure. Well, and I, I, I think we have to, to honor that the, the brain shift, the paradigm shift in our culture that, you know, the years that, that we went to school, it was, you know, go to school, read the book, have the answer, go to school, read the book, have the answer. We were always rewarded for having the answer. So the most powerful person in the room had to have the answer and you didn't dare have the vulnerability to say you didn't have the answer. So I think that the work that we're doing is, while it's about the question, it's also about giving yourself permission to be vulnerable enough to say, I don't know, but together we know, and let's, let's play with the clay through the idea of a question. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm curious, you said, um, you're, you're, you're new, you've got a new tool coming out. It's and it's, stop, it's, yeah, stop talking, start asking. <laughs> stop, stop talking, start asking. Mm -hmm. and, and embedded in that is also this idea of listening. And I so resonate with what you said about, about the coaching. And yet, yeah, I'd like to think that in our whole world, all of us are taking time to mindfully listen to one another. And yet we're programmed. I have to practice it even on the show. Listen to the whole participant response, you know, then, then respond. And sometimes there's a time in there that can be a little awkward for people. Uh, do you have a, you ever experienced this and maybe a little tip for people on that particular experience? Cause I've had people look at me like, Holly, why are, why is it taking so you so long to answer? <laughs> well, so it reminds me of, um, I remember when I took my first, I think it was presentation skills course back when I was in corporate. And I remember the, the facilitator said, um, I'm trying to think of the phrase she used, but it was something like silence is beautiful or science silence is golden, right? It's like, so what's fascinating because I teach presentation skills as well in, in corporate is that people are nervous about the silence, but what silence actually does is it increases people's listening because the other one's waiting. They're like, Ooh, they're at the edge of their seat trying, trying to <laughs> listen to like what's next. It also gives the speaker time to gather their thoughts. So silence is, oh, I know she said silence is attractive. It really is. It's just that we're, as human beings, we're not used to being with it. Yeah, I have been trying to figure out how I can honor on the show a little bit of silence because the mere medium of, of podcasting is about talking or music or sound and that there is such a gift in the power of the pause and the power of the silence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this stop talking, start asking is, is not only just a keynote for you, but there's some other elements to it. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how we might be able to get more information on that? Sure. So the body of work I've been developing over the last few years is what I call Renaissance leadership and creating Renaissance cultures. And why I bring the concept of the Renaissance in is because when we think of that period of time, it was not only a period of rebirth, right? New ideas, new inventions, but it was also a time of honoring people's diversity as well as their skill set. Like they had a skill set that was not only deep, or deep, but also wide. And so I think in today's marketplace, we are so looking for those deep experts for a specific role that we miss out on all this talent that actually is sitting inside our teams today. 
So one of the um, principles I talk about, uh, there's five principles I cover. The first one is to stop talking and start asking. Ask new questions. Ask the questions that no one is asking because what that does is it opens up possibilities to learn more about each other, untap new, you know, untapped talent that we didn't even know was there. And I'm talking about untapping talent that have worked together for years. And I can guarantee <laughs> through different sets of questions, I will untap more talent that they didn't know. And it's through the power of that question or those questions. And then also to unlock new ideas. So the tool I put together, so what's funny is it's, you know, like, yeah, as, a, as an entrepreneur, you know, you're like, okay, what's the next tool I want to create? And, and the reality is this tool has been in my toolkit. I have been developing it for two decades and I never recognized that this is the thing I'm so passionate about. And people used to always tell me, you ask a lot of questions. And I always thought, well, that may, might not be a good idea. So it's just packaging up now all of these tools that I teach in my trainings and putting it into an app on your phone where literally any manager and leader can, before they go into a meeting, look up the situation, the challenge they're facing, and get some questions to kickstart that conversation and some tips on how to facilitate it. So what's an example? Like what's an example scenario? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, let's say you're going into a performance development uh, uh, meeting with one of your direct reports and you know that what you're what you're what you're gonna have to share is something some behavioral change or something that um, you really need them to improve in well if you let's say you look up in the app you know performance uh, performance the category of performance and then under there you know speaking to your direct report a couple of questions might um, show up things like where have you excelled in the last few months? What areas do you think you need improvement in? Um, what's the thing that most stops you from, and then talk about the thing that you're helping them work on. So notice, I didn't start right away saying, hey, you know what, in the last three months, I've noticed this, this, and this, right? So it's very different approach that opens up the dialogue. So how might one, get access to this app and be able to purchase it and buy it and use it. Right. So it's going to be launching in October and um, it will be at the website stoptalkingstartasking.com. So it's pretty clear. And, um, and we'll get the first at least version out uh, of the app and, um, and possibly a web version too, just so that it's easy to access. But um, that's, that's the plan so far. And then that will then, my goal too, is I wanna hear from people that are using it and then incorporate that information plus real life stories of application into a book and an ebook. So that's kind of the next phases. Cause you know, I don't like to do things in order. <laughs> Stop talking, start asking.com. We'll make sure to get that in the show notes for people as well. I think that's, demonstrating though that's the, the power of you know you're all already asking for feedback before the books and the products have even come out that's the co-creative power in a in a mindful aware life and leadership that this product will live and will grow and will change just as you said this is already 20 years of your expertise growing mm -hmm. yeah thank you so talk to us about your keynotes. Like if somebody wants to come have more of you live, what, what's that look like? Sure. 
So I do, uh, today I do three keynotes, three separate keynotes. One is how to become a Renaissance leader in this age of disruption. And that's when I cover the five principles or the five practices of a Renaissance leader and how to distinguish them. And then the, um, and the first principle is that stop talking, start asking. The second keynote I do is called untapped. And it's the key to untap hidden potential and unlock new ideas before your competitors do. And so in that talk, we, I highlight some of the principles, but we actually dive into that stop talking, start asking principle. And we do straight application where I share with them what kinds of questions we're asking today that are not as powerful and how can we translate them based on the biggest challenges that you're facing today so that people leave with practical tools. The last keynote I do is how to create a renaissance culture where your leaders and teams thrive. And this takes those principles and kind of turns them in upside down, I would say, and, and teaches people how to create an environment where these principles can live and grow and develop so that, you know, not only we're asking more questions on the job, we're honoring the diversity of ideas, we're making new connections and innovating through that. Um, and then we're magnifying the ideas or the value of, of the ideas we have. So that's where I teach how to create that culture of what I call Renaissance culture in your organization so that, you know, your employees thrive, increased not only engagement, but bottom line results. So here's a fun question for you. you your passion, you can hear it in your voice. Why are you, why are you, why are you so passionate about this topic yeah, that's today? Um, I, uh, I have been told over the years, and even since I was young, and I didn't really know what it meant, by many people over different periods of time, wow, you're a renaissance woman. And I would say, oh, <laughs> I hope that's a good thing. <laughs> and I start, started looking it up. And what I realized was it's, a, it's an individual who is not just a jack of all trades, they're a master of many. And so when they take something on, they master it. And then they you know, take something else on and they master it. And they have this insatiable um, appetite for curiosity and for learning. And even if you think about like the leaders of the Renaissance, God, they, you know, it's like Leonardo da Vinci was not just an artist. He was so many other things. So, um, and again, it was one of those things that was probably in front of me all this time, but why I'm passionate is because I feel like it, it encompasses everything that I have been and, be, and who I'm becoming into a body of work that highlights what I've already been doing for so long. So it just feels fun for me now because I have a label to it and it feels like it's something that will develop and grow and I can sink my teeth into. Well, that's the beauty of living a mindful life right there. And I'm so grateful that you, you shared that because you, while you have all these programs and things that we've, we've gone over, I, I really hope that the listener will take away from this that you are living this message. You are awake and practicing your awareness in every day. And that through listening and observing your life changing, something as simple as somebody saying Renaissance woman a few times allowed you to stay curious and discover and open to your highest and best self. So there's one more way that people can connect to you and that's your coaching program. So uh, now that you're not just telling us about 
what you're doing, but you're actually demonstrating how you live it in your life. Tell us a little bit about how people can connect to your coaching program and maybe live this stuff that you're living. Yeah, sure. So one of the things I go into organizations and do is three and six month leadership development programs that consist of, they're for emerging leaders. So, you know, ones who are new and or becoming leaders, potential leaders or existing leaders, um, typically, you know, two to three levels down from the C-suite. The in my leadership programs, they consist of one day of training a month for six months, and they highlight specific areas like communication, coaching skills, influencing skills, innovation, and change management. And each one hones in on, on those areas, and then um, the individuals in that program, over time, they get coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching, and I will often bring in other coach, I mean, it's, it's me coaching the group. A, a subset of the group, a couple of other coaches so that there's different styles available to people. And so by the end of that program, they are being that leader and applying those tools over time. So they get the support that they need to lock in the learning because as we all know, training is only as great as measurable as the results that are produced afterwards. So um, those are the kinds of leadership development programs that I, I deliver. Awesome. Jean Marie, we're so grateful that you came on the show and gave us a real life beat on the street perspective on what it means to grow and change and evolve. And we're so excited to be able to be among your launch team to support StopTalkingStartAsking.com. I know that this tool and resource that has helped you for more than 20 years is just going to magnify and expand good in the world. Thank you. Thanks so much. Remember, mindful matters, and so do you. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more mindfulness every day, visit EverydayMindfulnessShow.com and download the three-day challenge and experience the ABCs of mindfulness. Mm -hmm.